Welcome back to that GD show. We took a break last week. We weren't on, so I know you guys missed us. I missed you. But thanks for tuning again to that GD show. And tonight, Genevieve is not with us. She's busy. And we've got a wonderful surprise co-host, Alice Gretchen. Hey, Alice. Hi, Dave. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. And her last name starts with G, so that's appropriate. So we've got the GD show still. So we're, we're still in line here. So uh, Welcome, everyone. Um, tonight's show is going to be different, and, um, and I'm excited about it because for several reasons. I'm going to make a couple of, of announcements in a minute, and um, then Alice and I are going to um, kind of interview a, a, a group, a different group of people. So where I am right now, I am in the Gulf Coast. I'm in a town called Gulf Shores, Alabama. And I'm here with a bunch of my friends who have all pooled together and rented a beach house. And it's um, the reason that I'm doing this is because this beach, the Gulf Coast, um, is a special beach for me. It's always been, as Neil Young said in his song, Helpless, it's where all my changes happened. All my changes were there. And uh, so I'm here with a bunch of my friends. We actually did this two years ago. After I got diagnosed with ALS, I thought, you know what? My time is, is running out. I'm going to gather with all my friends and we'll have one big last party at the beach. Well, as it turns out, I've lived longer than I thought I would. And um, um, I've been dying out loud for now three years. <laughs> and uh, I'm kind of happy about that. So we decided to do it again. And so people have come from all over the country to gather here for this week. And so what we're going to do tonight, um, we don't have, we don't have a, a one guest. We have multitudes of guests. And uh, Bevan is going to be in the other room in this big house. And we're going to be interviewing and chatting with uh, a bunch of different people that some of them are, are new friends of mine. And some of them are some of the best friends of my life who've been in my life through all of my changes. And so um, almost everyone here is like me and like Alice in that we are deconstructed from Christianity. We are, um, we're atheists who once were Christians. And um, so we're going to just chat with a, a bunch of different people about their part of that, their, their journey in that. And Alice, I want you, I mean, you, I don't know that you'll know any of these people, but I want you to feel free to ask them any questions that pop into your head. Okay. Cause you've okay. been on your journey is very similar to mine and to Genevieve. Well, Genevieve, not Genevieve. She was never a Christian, but but a lot of our viewers came from that world. And so you're very you're going to be very familiar with a lot of these these stories that you hear. So, uh, oh, we, what do we have? 
<laughs> okay, there's our group. <laughs> Some of them. This will Somebody. give you an idea of what you're in for. A tonight. lot of them ran upstairs and hid. They were like, oh no. So I made them come back downstairs. <laughs> so Hi. we're going to be, Bevan is going to be grabbing uh, various ones of these folks. And we're gonna, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like I said, it's going to be different tonight. So, but the theme is the same. We're, we're, we're all trying to find our way um, apart uh, in life, apart from a connection to a deity, to a God and realizing that we're humans doing the best we can. And, and that's what we have in common. It, uh, we are taking calls tonight, as always. Uh, that number is 217-375-9933 or WWDD, which stands for What Would Dave Do? That's the question on everyone's mind all the time. Um, we appreciate you if you haven't subscribed. Thank you, Darren Wright. I just saw that. Also, my screen is a little bit smaller tonight. Love you, Dave. I appreciate you. Hey, Greg, thank you for that super chat. You guys are awesome. Thank, uh, thank you for your support. If you do want to support us, uh, hit the like and subscribe. I got cookies. You're always here. Love you. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, we are having fun. Um, some would say maybe a little too much fun, but uh, can you really have too much no fun? No such thing. <laughs> and Genevieve, I'm thrilled that you are going to be joining us in a couple of days uh, at the Beach House. So I can't wait to see you again. And uh, I think most people, we've talked about it before, most people know that Genevieve and I have never met in real life yet. And we are going to meet tomorrow night. She's coming tomorrow night to join us. And I'm we're, I'm just so excited. I, I feel so close to her because we've done this show for so long now. We've gotten to know each other really, really well. And she just feels like a daughter to me. And I just, I just love her so much. So I'm just, I get emotional just thinking about meeting her. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, so yeah, like, and subscribe. Um, and if you can be a Patreon supporter, that's great. I really appreciate all of your support. The super chats are awesome. And, um, so we will, uh, like I said, call in. If you have any questions uh, for me or Alice um, or any of the people that you see on there, if you, if you get them on, because they're only going to be on for probably five, 10 minutes at the most, 15. Uh, although we do have some ex-pastors in the room and they can get a little verbose like me. Um, so before we do that, I got a couple of big announcements. And um, one is, and I hesitate to say this because, it's not quite totally ready, but my book is out. It's it's on Amazon. Alice is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good, you guys. Alice, Alice did a blurb on the back of it, and she she loved it, and uh, I appreciate that, Alice. Um, it's available in paperback. It's available in um, ebook, and it's available in audiobook. I've, I read the audiobook myself. I'm sorry, you're not going to get Seth's wonderful voice. You're going to have to deal with my country twang, um, but it's available in audiobook. It's available on paperback. Now the the hard cover, which is really nice, we did a, a hard cover with the dust cover and everything, and um, it's it's going to be on Amazon ready in a day or two. So if you want to wait for that, that's fine. If you want to go ahead and get a copy of some other version, uh, that's fine too. I appreciate it. But I'm happy to finally announce that it's available um, and I appreciate it, any of you who want to get it and read it. I think you'll like it. I think it, I mean, it, what, Alice, what, what's your, in, in just a couple of sentences, what would you say was your 
takeaway from the book in terms of what you felt like as you read it? It emotionally wrecked me. I was in, in, in like a good cathartic way. Um, I was, I read it like almost in one sitting, like I read the bulk of it in one sitting on my couch and I was literally just crying. Like I had a big box of Kleenex next to me because um, so much of it, A, is is deeply relatable. Uh, As you mentioned, we do have some similar stories. We we were both from a similar cloth of Christianity Uh and it was very... um, Pentecostal spirit driven. Um, And what that meant for for both of us, and I I guess I'm only interjecting myself here just to share why it had the impact it did on me. Um, What I related to so much, particularly in your story, was the arbitrariness of what the Holy Spirit decides to tell some people and not others. Yeah. Um, and it it activated a lot of anger that I had. I was angry for you. Um, I was, I was also angry for my younger self. Um, but more than anything, like I, I just felt so purged at the end of it. Um, because you do such a good job of, uh, you're so vulnerable and you do such a good job of articulating what deconstruction was like for you. And that, uh, I don't want anyone listening to think like, oh no, I don't, I can't afford to be emotionally wrecked right now. Um, it's, it ends on in that, with that Dave positivity. So don't, don't worry. Yes. He, Dave does not mince words about the, the dark and the pain, but, um, as anyone watching the show, I'm sure, I'm sure knows like Dave is also just a golden beam of love and light. And so, uh, it's, it, that's, that's in the book as well. And, um, you know, as someone who's of the millennial generation, and I wrote this on the book blurb, mm-hmm. understanding Dave's story really helped me understand um, my parents' story in ways that I didn't really expect. Because I was born into Christianity. Right. Um, my parents converted as young adults, as did Dave, you. And uh, so it helped me understand sort of like why people would have even converted to this thing to begin with and where a lot of the lingo came from. And um yeah, it was so beautifully written, um, terribly vulnerable. My heart just ached and ached and ached for you. Uh, and uh, yeah, funny too. Like you're a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that as well. So yeah, I can't, I can't recommend it highly enough. So they'll laugh and they'll cry, right? They will and laugh they, and they will cry. And yes. they'll get mad. <laughs> yes, yes. And if in a little bit, like uh, pending, you know, where, where this unusual episode goes, pending right. a little bit, I did save, I did save a couple of my favorite lines from your book that I'd love you to expand upon if we're, oh, if we need that's to a like good time idea. fillers. Uh, no, that's a great idea. Yeah, I would so, love to do that. Yeah. I, I love the idea. Uh, hi, Kim, uh, possible her normal 666 donation. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we've got our first interview, and then we'll get back to uh, more. Oh, and I'll make the, I'll make the other announcement between uh, between interviews. I can't hear anything. Okay, so again, this is I feel like we're like Alice. You and I are the newscasters in the studio, and Bevan's live on the street. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that's what okay, it feels like. That's hey, Bevan, sweet, Bevan, look at my sweet Bevan. Okay. Okay. They're going to share an earpiece. Um, (laughs) Well, we take the earpiece out, then you'll get back to it. Check, check, mic check. Cass is a pro. Do you know this guy? What? I know this guy really well. Hey, Cass. Hey, Leroy. Hey, Leroy Leroy and Jared (laughs) We do a 
we do a bit, um, and and if a you bit, to, that's who we uh, really are. I know that's not who we really. Are. So <laughs> we have alter egos. This is Cass Mitchley. He's my best friend, and um, we do a we have alter egos named Leroy and Jerry Dale, and what we 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 do a we do a riff uh, like we're, um, we're conservative evangelicals, evangelicals, Southern evangelicals, and we. We are newscasters on KING King Jesus Radio. Talk radio. I'm, talk radio, all the things you need to know. Um, King uh, Jesus. You know, King Jesus and, the, and Jared, Cassie's Jared Dale, and I'm Leroy. And we talk about the things going on in the world and what's wrong with it. And, you know, uh, what we think, Jared Dale, don't we think that Donald J. Trump's still the president? I mean, I think Jesus he is. is my king and Jesus. Trump is my president. That's right. Always. <laughs> so that's our. That's how we won't go too far down that rabbit hole. No, that's not. I'm sorry, I even started that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I am too. I hate I you. I kind of want to watch this show, though. I have to yeah. say. <laughs> no. um, on my on my on my Dave Out Loud uh, website, you can pull up um, you can pull up previous uh, things I've done, and we've got some bits that are saved on that if you want to look it up. But Cass uh, Cass is one of my best friends has been in my life through all of the deconstruction that I went through. We met through the clergy project. When did you decide we met cast in 2016, 2015? I think 14, 2014. Um, Castley is a former pastor. Uh, where, tell, just give the cliff notes version of <laughs> your deconstruction story. By the way, Cass wrote the forward for my book. And oh, it's wow. really well done. And it was a the cliff notes forward. of my deconstruction. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What so, was your story? Yeah. I got, I, you know, as a, as a teenager like yourself, I got hijacked by the Baptists. My parents were good old liberal Presbyterians. And if they, if I'd have stayed there, I'd probably still be a Christian today. But I got, I got hijacked by the Baptists who really emphasized hell. And then it became missional. It yeah. became missional. And my life just, nothing. Nothing mattered after that except for populating heaven and getting people saved and including money and responsibility and maturity. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So very I'm, similar to I'm, my story. Right. I turn I turn 56 next month and I've just been trying to catch up with, you know, chronologically wel welcoming, welcoming my 15 year old self to the 21st century uh, because he, he got hijacked. And so I was. I, I, I'm now multiple personalities. No, that's not what I meant. But the, uh, it, it is it is the time of pulling pulling together myself, integrating myself. That because parts of it got you know uh, you know sparsed out into devotion to God, and now I'm devotion to me, and subservient to God, and now subservient to no one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And, and so all those shifts are going on, and they have been for about the last ten years. And uh, as you know, I, for five years, I did the Everyone's Agnostic podcast. Maybe you mentioned that, but that was. No, we haven't. But what was happening is I went from being like a Messiah complex for like saving the world and, you know, to that pastoral thing just kind of carried over into I started pastoring atheists. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you started I, you know, a podcast called Everyone's Agnostic. Those yeah. those episodes are still out there. You did what? How many of them? 250 plus. Yeah, and he just interviewed. What was the tagline? We talked to people about. What uh, was, we interview people you don't know about a subject no one wants to talk about. Right, and he <laughs> the interviews. Of the he's subject. interviewed uh, 
multitudes of people who went through very much the same things we did um, and talk about the disorientation, uh, the trauma associated with those changes, the family losses, uh, the friends' losses, all those things that we all find very similar in this in yeah. this deconstruction world. Yes, and, and but I think instead of listing all those again or whatever, I want to emphasize the one thing here in this moment is that as people that were isolated in that thought they were crazy. Yeah. And I, that makes total sense because how could they, little old they, be right? And there's a, there's a church on every corner. There's a cathedral in every metropolis. There's a seminary in every city. We set our fucking calendar by Jesus. And I, so how could we be right and all these people be I, wrong? How, how, I'm taking on a juggernaut just right. by confronting it or challenging it or questioning it. And so you just go right back into your turtle shell and mind and stay in your lane and you do that for years and then when you finally get the courage to come out it's it's not it's scary everything we've talked about but you feel like i'm who do who do i think i am you know and and sure enough you you uh you were right you were right little oh you were right and did you you have any of did you have any of those thoughts alice uh like how could i be because you can can i be right about this thing when i'm waking up to the idea that there's no God, how could I be right and all these people be wrong? Did you ever experience any of that, Alice? I did, both as a Christian and not as a Christian. Um, as, as a Christian, I remember one of the first times it sank into me that maybe I was wrong was when I was preparing to do a mission trip to India and we were in a preparatory meeting and they told us, um, you know, you're going to encounter people that think they have the truth. They think their gods are the real gods. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, I was 15 years old and all of a sudden it just hit me like, but that would be me if I were born in India. Uh-huh. Yeah, if they were yeah. born where I was born in the States, they'd probably be sitting here thinking they Last knew the one true holy Bible God. Yeah. That's so it. yeah, but Cass, I, I, would, I, would, I would love to know what was, um, just to hone it in a little bit, uh, what was your... What was the hardest part for you about losing your faith? And what was the best, most fun part for you of losing your faith? Okay, so the hardest part would be perhaps uh, I didn't have I didn't have the my family kind of stuck with me or they at least rolled with me on unlike Dave's and um, and my wife and children rolled with it. They it was hard. Wow. I, I may just stop there. That was hard. <laughs> but they that they did end up um uh, uh, making their own decision and happen happened to be the one that I had made, and it and it all worked out. Um, I would say the funnest part, the happiest part, was getting my life back, getting my agency back, and starting almost starting. You know, it, it we we use the metaphor "born again." I mean, like I I felt born again to start a new life, but this time I'm not. I'm not forfeiting my agency to, to a third party, especially, especially a, a celestial, non-existent, invisible, mute, dumb, deaf, and mute third party. hundred um, <laughs> percent. How do you really feel about him, God? <laughs> I, 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 and so it's been a practice of honing in on, on listening to myself and trusting myself and, and growing up, like I said, that 15-year-old self and bringing him into sync with my 56-year-old self. I love that. I love that. I feel like for so many of us, we didn't get to have an adolescence. And I feel like it's one of the best gifts you can give yourself uh, is to give yourself a delayed adolescence and to integrate that younger, exploratory, novelty-seeking, rebellious part of yourself. 
very important. Wow. Highly okay, that's, that's not at all where I was going, but I love that. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm actually trying to grow up, but actually, to, to while I'm trying to grow up, also save space for some of that that adolescent type stuff. Mm-hmm. I, You just changed my journey just now. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honored to contribute that nugget. Well, well, let me ask, what did you mean by integrating your... No, I'm, I'm just trying to grow self. up. And, and, and out, you know, but now that, that you're right, I, that part of my life was also taken. And if there's a way for me to um, take it back or at least revisit it uh, in adventurous, young, naive and cute way, because <laughs> I was pretty damn cute. That's the truth. No, you still are, man. You're you're a rock star. You are. Uh, you're a, you're gorgeous. but no you know Cass you and I have talked about this many times that Christianity arrested our development it it keeps you from growing up and you know the the title of my book someone asked in the chats what's the title it's called Childish Things and as we know that's taken from a scripture in Corinthians which which says when I was a child I I understood as a child I thought as a child I spoke as a child when I became a man I, I put away childish things well the irony of that is, as Christians, we never fucking do put away childish things no, because the idea is God wants to keep us as children and mm-hmm. not develop and not use our brains and not use critical thinking skills and, and keep us immature as a, what's the terminology? A child of God, a dumb mm-hmm. sheep, just follow your leader and obey. Yeah. And we never get to develop as full humans. And that's what we, and we've talked about that many times. We had, Cass and I had many many nights of philosophizing on my balcony at my apartment yeah. in downtown Nashville. Yeah. He would come over um, every Thursday night and sometimes other nights and we would have drinks and smoke and, and philosophize for hours on, on the balcony of my apartment and had some of the best conversations mm-hmm. that I've ever had. And we just Aww. processed all that we've been through, yeah. all that we're still going through. Cause this stuff is not get we don't get done, you yeah, know, no. like, okay, I'm done. I've arrived. That never happens if we're not yet, we're, at least <laughs> if we're open and we're curious and we're learning and growing. I've said before, I want to be the best version of myself when I breathe my final breath that I've ever been. I want to, I want to cross the finish line and break the tape at my best self. And that means we have to keep growing. We have to keep learning. We have to keep asking questions we have to keep changing. We don't get to where, okay, I have no more things to learn. That's when we quit growing. So here, here's another thing where that happens with Dave and I and our friendship is we push back against each other. So I'm going to push back against that. In that well, you'll be, I, you'll be wrong, though, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was so missional as a Christian that, you know, you know, run the race, win the fight, the fight, all that stuff, that at this stage of my life and at this stage of my atheism i am all out of fuck yeah yeah <laughs> i don't i don't know what a best self looks like and i don't give a fuck i That's don't fair. know i i don't i i just want to be present in the moment and be me and love me as i am i mean like you know and i know what you meant and i know you don't you appreciate what i mean but that language is almost triggering to me like you know to like 
be my best self. I'm like, oh, I got to get on another fucking treadmill. No. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. That's yeah. good. That's a good point. But to your point about maturation, when we go from our biological parents, we're supposed to cut the umbilical and go get alive. And we transfer that to a, a celestial parent and we never get the chance to do that. And so that's mm-hmm. one way that I feel like it hijacks our, our mm-hmm. what, what would otherwise be a, a natural chronological maturation. Yeah, I think I think that's that's what I tried to um, communicate in my book as much as anything is that how I had a normal trajectory as a young man that was going on a path to actually be a writer, I, I think. And I, I had a desire to do that. And I had some some talent for mm-hmm. that, as as told to me by teachers. God given talent. God given. I think I thank the Lord. <laughs> um, but that's the point. That yeah. got hijacked, and I got people started telling me that was the, the gifting of the Holy Spirit. That was the yeah. anointing of God. And I bought into that narrative for 37 years. And I never. Where it belongs. It belongs. Exactly. To you. The credit goes as, to you. As we know, in that world, God gets all the credit and we get all the blame, yeah. or Satan, you know, but God never gets any blame. Um, so. Even though he made right, Satan knowingly. Yeah, and created evil. Uh, but you know we don't. Well, let's we not go. talk about that. That's inconvenient. <laughs> um, that's a vapor lock. <clears throat> but that's what I try to communicate, and that's the, yeah. uh, the kind of stuff. Cass and I's story, although we didn't know each other at the time, is, is parallel. And he, he's ten years younger than me, but we we were on the same journey in in a, in a lot of the same ways. And when we met through the clergy project, we realized we were on a we were on a committee meeting on a, a video meeting, and we realized we only lived. 40 minutes apart. So we started getting together and we became good friends. We, we built a community in Nashville, an ex-Christian community of, I don't know how many people there are in it now, 75, 80 people. And we started yeah, meeting. 400 in that group. On, on, no, on in the, the, in the local group, ex-Christian Nashville group. Um, yeah. Anyway, we started meeting monthly and having uh, just get togethers and processing life, processing our deconversion, processing everything. And it was just beautiful, great, um, uh, friendships developed around that. A lot of these people are in this room tonight. Um, but Cass and I have a, have an incredible history. And just another part that I don't want to not mention while we've got him on here is that once I got diagnosed with ALS, I was living alone in an apartment in Nashville and Cass and Mindy, his wife, uh, said to me, Dave, we, we don't think you should be living alone. We want you to come live with us. And, and I agreed. I said, you know, that makes good sense because we didn't know how this was going to go or how fast, and yeah. how fast. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to get in a position where I was alone and, and needed people to help me and not have anyone around. So, so Alice, I, was, I, was, Alice, I was bracing myself to have to wipe David's ass. <laughs> that hasn't that, happened yet. That hasn't that happened was, yet. Uh, that was one of the parts of the book that made me cry was, was when you were being shown your room. Oh, that was, yeah, like, the room ah! vision. <laughs> yeah. They it, it, was, it was a really nice, warm, cozy It really space. was. They took, they took all the furniture from my apartment and I'm stuck sure it Bevin's in this. Cozier. Yeah. So Bevan <laughs> lured me away from that to a real house with a, with a bathroom and a closet. Um, but, but it was such a nice, homey, comfortable. It was my, it felt like my home because all my stuff was in there and it was just a beautiful transition for me. And uh, they, that family, Cass and Mindy and, and the, the kids, they're just my second family. They're just, they're my people and, and have, have been and, and always will be. They're just, uh, absolutely. It, it's, uh, it's, 
you know, this whole thing of people can't, you know, Alice, you've heard it. How, where, without God, where do you get your morality? Like, like we're evil, uh, broken people. Without a, yeah, without a God to keep us in line. Yeah. But I've learned that 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 the best people I'm, that I've ever known with the, with the most morals have been the atheists in my life. I mean, there's especially when you stop believing that that's what you that that you're told that's what you are. When you stop believing that, you can actually like, oh, I I'm a pretty good person actually. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Because when you let go of ideology, you allow yourself to be guided by empathy, which I think of as our innate internal moral compass. And right. religion fights your empathy because it makes you judge people. And I think yep. when we free ourselves of religion, we're able to be our more authentic, empathetic selves. And that makes us yeah. kinder um, and right. more compassionate totally. and better people, I think, in my experience and to my observation. Right, because the us and them that's created by Christianity is eliminated. Exactly. Find yourself exactly. Like you're just like me. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Cass is, is a very special person to me. We've had some incredible moments together. Um, when you read the book, and I'm sure all of you will, uh, you'll see book. a lot of you'll see a lot of Cass in there. And, I, and as I said, he wrote the forward for it and just nailed it. I just I said just write your forward, and and uh, I, it was just perfect, exactly what I was looking for. And it affected you. The book had an. Uh, Alice was telling us oh, how, how much what forward says the yeah. forward talks about that, but it really just took you back into those, into those yeah, years. Uh, and let me say this for your listeners. I had been deconstructing for 10 years. So I just, you know, you said a second ago, we never arrived. I kind of thought I had, and then mm -hmm. I read your book. <laughs> and, and that's a good thing about like really good therapy is you spelunk into the caves of like hidden caverns. And yeah. then you realize, and this is this is the point of blind spots, is you don't know that you don't know. And and the book exposed things. It was very therapeutic for me, extremely therapeutic. And I don't say that lightly. I'm a high, highly therapized guy. I'm in a yeah. lot of therapy, and I have been for years. And I'm just reading Dave's book because he's my friend. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll throw him a bone and say, hey, great job, Dave. I'm on the ground <laughs> crying at every chapter and I'm soul searching. I'm going inside and like, Oh my gosh. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up with this. I was forgiving myself. Yeah. For, I love that. For, I was forgiving myself because I, I've had a lot of shame about being duped and I'm, uh -huh. you know, I'm an intelligent guy and I'm right. like, what the heck happened? And, and I've been ashamed and embarrassed and, and when I saw little Dave from the whole chronology, same, and I know Dave, I know Dave is, is equally intelligent. And, and, and so when I saw little Dave go, making decisions, I was like, oh, I did that too. I did that too. And I was able to extend compassion to my younger self. And that when I talk about integration, I'm not kidding around. I'm talking about bringing in my 15-year-old self, my 17, my 20-year, my 30-year-old self, all these ages where I'm bringing them in together and we're giving each other a big hug and pretty someday we'll all be one. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah. And, and because we're, we thought we were doing God's business. We thought we were doing, we were doing the best we could. And yeah. I've said this many times, my, my Angelou quote, I love so much do the best you can do until you know better. And when you know better, do better. And so I love it. So simple. <laughs> it is so simple. If we just give ourselves that kind of grace and compassion and forgiveness to say, you know what? I know I've talked to many 
deconstructed Christians who beat themselves up. You know, how could I have been so stupid? And I feel bad for leading people to Jesus and telling them all that stuff. And, and I did too, but you know what? I was doing the best I could at the time. And yeah. well, that's and all you is, can do. If there is something that Christianity did on a grand scale was overcomplicate things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Cass, thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to let, uh, tell Bevan to go find some other one. Thank you for All coming right. on. I love you, my friend. I'll see you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ethan, you'll know when, when Bevan's got another, right now we're going to take a call, Alice. Okay. How about Cass? It needs the best. He's my oh buddy. yes. I Am I going to get to meet him? I hope. Yes. He'll <laughs> okay. be here when you get here. Okay. All right. We've got uh, tiger from uh, Colorado. He, him, um, mom tried to push religion. Let's talk to Tiger. Hello, Tiger. You're on with Dave and Alice. Hey, Dave and Alice. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, good. How are you? How are you? Good. To, good to hear from you. How are you doing? What would you like to talk I'm about? I'm doing tonight? good. Well, I just, <clears throat> I just wanted to know what you, what religion were you, Dave? What brand of of Christianity? I was the correct one, and everyone else had it wrong. Um, I was my the bulk of my uh, well, all of my Christian journey was, I would call it charismatic evangelical, as Alice mentioned on at the top of the show. Uh, it was the speaking in tongues, okay. and high, highly experiential. Um, God, we we believed God spoke to us and guided us and directed us and did miracles and answered prayer. It was a, it was a very involved God. It wasn't this God that was out there somewhere. We really felt like we had a personal intimate relationship with God. And the whole of that was, was involved with um, the gifts of the spirit and speaking in tongues and um, miracles. Now, as I look back, I, I got to admit, I didn't see any miracles. I didn't see any answered prayer. I didn't see the things that I purported to believe in. But I kept believing in them because I you thought you did. I thought I did. I thought I was supposed to because the the God I believed in uh, was was doing all those things based on Scripture, and and I had I had to go I had to go with what I knew was true, whether whether I experienced it or not. So a lot of times, if the experience wasn't matching up with the theology, I blamed myself for not having enough faith, for not being close enough to God, all that kind of stuff. So I it was always. Like I said earlier, God got all the credit and I got all the blame. And so, uh, <laughs> so my, you know, so is, what What about you? Did you, uh, you said mom tried to push my religion on you? My was a Presbyterian minister. So I was kind of, uh, you know, left of where you are. Right. But uh, my mom uh, and my dad, I found out later on, my dad was an atheist. But my mom and him had a deal that me and my sister would go to church. And it, I got to the point where I was a real sensitive kid. I probably still am. But I saw the hypocrisy of the people in the church talking shit about each other. Yeah. And, you know, they would, they would, t and the kids. You know, you would get, as a five-year-old, I was getting condemned to hell for something I would do. Right. And it just, I never, it never stuck. And I, <clears throat> my grandmother, uh, my grandfather died three months to the day before I was born. 
But my grandmother kept telling me to read the Bible. Yeah. Because I used to read dinosaur books and books on space. And she said, well, if you want to learn everything, read the Bible. And by the time I was nine, I had read it. And I had so many questions that the pastor, his name was Holtzman. He uh, told my mom, he goes, can you stop him asking all these questions? Hmm. And it yeah. just, they were stupid questions, but yeah, I, I still, uh, I, I was going to ask you that. Do you think that the brand of Christianity you are raised into has anything to do with the, uh, conversion to atheism factor? Because I, I get a feeling it does. That's a good question. You, like you were a hardliner. Yeah, I was all in. What, Alice, what do you think about that question? I think you've talked about that as well. That's a really good question. Um, so I think that regardless of the denomination or the particular brand of Christianity one practices, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that suggests no matter your specific religious background, the more sincerely and yeah. devoted you are to your faith, whatever it is, the harder it'll be to leave it. And usually the... Um, the, the more apparent the split, um, because when you do fall hook, line and sinker for something, and especially with a faith like uh, Dave's or my own, that was very experiential based. It wasn't so much doctrine based as it was. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, just a very personal relationship type of uh, religion. Yeah. Um, when when it fails to live up to what you have acted out on in faith, um, it, the betrayal of, of God actually not being there and pulling through for you the way you keep uh, having faith that he will, I think it, it, it's, it's just a little bit more personally shattering um, and can often lead more to just a hard out of like, I am definitely just not even going to entertain the idea of God at all because yeah. it was once so deeply personal that that betrayal now feels also deeply personal. And I think it might make it okay. a little. Oh, Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, um, yeah. No, basically that's it. Like I think I think it's a matter of how personal, uh, how personally you took your faith that will determine kind of how. How, how many did you have people around you though that were? I mean, were you surrounded by the religion? See, I feel lucky because I wasn't. I wasn't like totally immersed in it like you were, and it was, you know, Presbyterian. I mean, Jesus, what a freaking, but uh, an agglomeration. But I mean, do you feel that like your family and friends and everybody did they pressure you into staying in it? Well, for me personally, yes, I had a lot of pushback from my preacher brother, my mom, uh, my kids, uh, my daughters, my daughters did. But uh, to, to uh, Alice's point, and I've actually, we've actually got a, a future guest coming up, Dr. Marlene Winnell, who is a psychologist. Yeah. She, co she coined the phrase uh, that's now recognized in therapeutic circles, the religi religious trauma syndrome. And she talks about this, and I mentioned it in my book, actually. I feel like I'm plugging my book, but I'm really not. It just keeps coming back. Yeah. But she talks about, in an article I quoted in the book, that resonated with me as I was deconstructing, she said exactly what Alice said. She said, the deeper you were in your faith, the, the more fervent, the more devout, the more all in you were, the harder the fall is, the, 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 the bigger the breakup, if you will. 
it's it's like if you were deeply in love with a, a lover and 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 broke up with them it's it's a traumatic breakup rather than someone you were casually dating and said ah well it's no big deal i think the people that were casually dating god when they when they when they come to the conclusion that he's not real it's kind of like oh oh well it wasn't that big a deal anyway whereas for me it was a big fucking deal it was everything and so the breakup was traumatic and was was difficult in terms of moving on from. So the deeper you are in how it, how old were you, Dave? How old was, were you when you finally decided to 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 break? It, I was in my uh, early fifties, about 54, 55 years old, and I came into it as an eight-year-old. Wow, eighteen-year-old. Eight, eight, you seem like you're that old. I'm sixty-six, man. I feel like eighty tonight, but uh, that's another story for another oh, time. <laughs> I, I'm in my sixties. Yeah. I. Uh, I remember um, that I started debating. Uh, I started going in the late seventies debating in churches because I, I don't know. I just like debating, but I noticed that the arguments that I got are the same ones they're using today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, for evolution. Uh, yeah. There's not, there's not a lot of new arguments. I've done a lot of the, uh, the uh, YouTube shows like Atheist Experience and um, and uh, the arguments are all the same. It's the same stuff recycled over and over because uh, there's not any new ones. And so we, you know, at times it gets old talking about the same things. But but it's just it's just a, uh, a constant struggle to try to have these conversations with people who are deeply indoctrinated and, and they don't. A lot of people who are deeply embedded in evangelicalism, fundamentalist type religions, are have not developed think, uh, critical thinking skills, and so it's hard to engage them no, not at all in a conversation where where that's needed, because they're just falling back on stuff that they've believed without evidence, and it's hard to to communicate that sometimes. Do you think we should be teaching? I see. I always thought after I really started seeing it that we should be teaching critical thinking skills from kindergarten on. I, I think yeah. that's one of those things that it's evidence is really important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. I think I think we're teaching the wrong things in a lot of the wrong ways. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a difficult thing. We, we're all you know, that's why I do what I do. That's why, uh, Alice, you do what you do. That's why Genevieve and I have this show. It's that we're, we're wanting to connect with people who are, who are trying to sort these things out. And um it's it's important work and but sometimes it's really hard. I know you've gotten pushed back too. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for calling, yeah. Tiger. Well, anyway, anyway, Dave, thanks, thanks a lot. I just I was really curious. So you bet, man. Good to hear from you again. Thanks for thanks for calling in. Okay, buddy. You, you right, take buddy. care. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Uh, so listen, we um, Ethan. I think we've got someone else ready in the. Uh, Remote mic camera, so yep, we do. Okay, this hey, this is not Cass. This is Samantha. Hi. Hey, hey there's Samantha. Samantha, hold the phone. Oh, I'm, I'm hold the phone myself. Hold the phone. Um, hold the phone because Samantha's here. Samantha is here. So Samantha, uh, you and I just met two days ago. Yes, we did. Yes. Uh, Samantha is a Patreon supporter. And I appreciate that so much. And we've connected online maybe not quite a year ago. 
you about you were, a year ago, I think it was. Yeah, about a year ago. And so, um, tell it, tell tell our people how we connected and what how how it came to be that you are here at this beach house this week. Oh, um, I connected with Dave on Patreon like that. I've admired him a lot. I've seen his from his website, Dying Out Loud. And seeing him on various shows and stuff. And, you know, I felt so lucky that he asked me to come here and to spend some time with him. And I'll tell you that, you know, in real life, he's just like he is on TV. <laughs> uh-huh, thank you. Well, uh, tell us, you're from Maine. You came all the way from yes. Maine. Yes, and... I'm from Scarborough, Maine. And I'm okay. a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I, you know, I didn't grow up in the church but foolishly I thought that it was a good idea to raise my children in the church and that's probably my biggest regret is putting that on them and the pain I caused them but luckily it didn't stick yeah and they found their way out before I did well good you know being L- being LGBT and being told there's something wrong with you it's like wait excuse me there's something wrong with me there's nothing yeah, you, wrong with me. I'm, you I'm lived a good with, person. You lived under that your whole life, didn't you? That idea. Yes, I, yes, I did. I lived under the idea that there was something wrong with me. But mm. there isn't. I, I, I'm just me. Yeah, yeah. And so your, your process, you, you told us the other day that your process was, was multi-tiered in terms of coming out and becoming who you are. It was a process that was, tell us a little bit about that, Samantha. What was that like? Oh, well, you know, my whole life I had pushed down who I was. Right. That's what happens when you're told that there's something wrong with you. You push that down and you try to live your life being the person that everybody expects you to be. But finally, I was able to accept myself and I came out um, as, as gay at first. And I lived as a gay man for about 10 years. But within that time, I didn't really fit in there either. And mm. when it came, I finally felt the, the real problem. And it wasn't a problem. I finally found my real self. And the whole thing was that I, I am a woman. Yeah. Um, so I had to come out twice. That was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> it was. I, well, but you know, were, it was tough. I, you I had to... people say, how many... How many closets do you have? <laughs> uh, oh, and then wow. my wife was like, how many times are you going to make me look like an idiot? <laughs> but, but what about your ex-wife now? Yes, yes. A few years ago, um, my ex-wife and her husband asked me if I would come live with them. They didn't want me to be alone anymore. Oh, and um, I took them asking me several times, but I, I gave in. And it was, it was probably the... It was probably the best decision that I've made. I don't know if I'd be here today if not for her and her husband, John. Isn't wow. that beautiful? I mean, my that God, I just, I just love that it so is. much. I love that wow. so much. And, and I, I told you, Samantha, when, when we first talked and um, you, you said you wanted to come to the beach house. Um, yes. And how, how hard that was for you because here you are coming across the country as a, as a trans woman, not knowing who you're going to run into, not knowing who's going to be here, what they're going to be like. You, I think you 
trusted me enough that, you know, you felt like you were comfortable with me, but you didn't know anybody else here. And here you no. are coming across and putting yourself in this position. I just find that so brave. No, and I know, no, I felt that I did know you. And I knew that someone like you would surround yourself with people that were like you. And, you know, that's the truth. That's the truth. I have never been in a group of, of more loving and accepting people than I am right now. Isn't that beautiful? That is. <laughs> well, that Alice, is. I'm sorry that Samantha's going to be having to go home tomorrow, so you won't get to meet oh, her in no. person. I know. But... I don't meet Alice in real life. Oh, yeah, you get at least you to get to see. here. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow, what an incredible story you have. And then did you have to um did you have to leave the religious closet as well? Is that one of your other closets that you eventually yeah. came out of? Or what was that I, like? You, you know, said your children were the ones that started kind of questioning it first? Yes. Yes, my children were the ones that came out. My son came out as an atheist around 2010, 2012. Mm -hmm. It cost him his marriage mm. coming out because his wife was a, a very devout Christian. Oh, I didn't realize mm. that. Wow. Yes, it, it cost him his marriage. I'm, my daughter found her way out some way. Mm -hmm. And of course, I found my own way out being that I, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. I've yes, you are. I've always been a good person. And for someone to question that, you know, I look, I don't think most Christians, they don't even, they don't even know their own book. No, they don't. These, 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 these the churches teach, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. But Jesus taught to love the sinner, but hate your own sin. Right. Mm. That's good. Well, and Samantha has entertained us all. She's, um, I think she's a, a closeted stand-up comedian because she is so funny. Yes, it's the only closet funny. I'm still in. <laughs> she has been cracking everyone up all the time, and we've just—it's been a—it's been a thrill to have you, Samantha, um, be it's here with so us. It's been so great to, to to meet you in real life, Dave, and to be with you and and other people that love you. It's it's really yeah. something. It's really yeah, something. It's, it's been a special time, and I'm so glad you. Uh, you told us you almost didn't come the night before. You kind of were thinking maybe not, and then it's you pushed true. through it. And what was it you told me that you? What was the promise you made to yourself? I love that so much. Oh, I promised myself several years ago that I wouldn't not do something just because I was uncomfortable about it. Mm -hmm. I only have this one life. How could I not take these experiences now? Yeah, I don't want to deny myself anything like that. That's good. And you've kept that promise, and here you are. <laughs> here I am. I, I'm with so a, glad that I did. With a bunch of heathens at the beach. Oh, yes, my God, and I'm yeah. one of them. <laughs> yes, you are. You're a beautiful heathen. Oh, well, that's so good. Well, thank you for coming on, and um, thank you for just being you. I, it's been such a thrill to get to know you. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, Samantha, when I was an evangelical Christian, I had, I didn't, I was conflicted with what to do with, with, about, with gay people and trans people, you know, because our culture taught us, like you said, that there was something wrong that they needed to be fixed. Um, there's another person, a good friend of mine that's here this week. You've, you've met him, Samantha, and he was, he lived his whole life as a Christian and closeted gay man and couldn't come out because in that world, you just can't be gay. It's not okay to be gay. 
And he went through conversion therapy, which, as we all know, is a hideous, hideous, awful experience for people. But he has come through it. He's he's a beautiful human. Thank you, Truck Fump, uh, for your donation. Um, and 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 it's I look back on my years as a as a Christian, and I do I do also deal with this in the book, my con the, the way that I was conflicted because I was a good person, and full of compassion, but my theology was telling me something different about about gay people, and it, it's very it's a very hard thing to navigate as a Christian because of what you just said, Samantha. They they don't let you be who you are. They no, want to change the, you. Yes, exactly, exactly. But I'm we're proud of who you human are. Beings just trying to get by. All of exactly. Us. We're all doing the best we can to get through. Yes. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm a better man having gotten to meet you. I'll say that. Thank you. Thank you so Lovely much. Lovely to meet you, Samantha. <laughs> all right. Thank you. How sweet is she? Oh, my God. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I am blown away by um, the, stu the stuff I've been doing, the Dying Out Loud stuff I've been doing for the last couple of years. Uh, I've talked about this before, but I never get over um, the paradox that it has created because I never would meet people like Samantha uh, if I hadn't been doing this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Prior to getting diagnosed with ALS, I was just, your average deconstructed atheist pastor uh, living, uh, living my life, enjoying life. But I wasn't doing a lot of active activism. I wasn't doing shows. I wasn't speaking. I wasn't writing books. I wasn't doing anything. And I was content with that. But the Dying Out Loud thing kind of changed. Uh, the, the diagnosis kind of changed all that. And Dying Out Loud was born. And it's caused me to be able to connect with so many beautiful people and, and reach, if you will, reach people with a, a, a positive message that has uh, apparently, and I think I believe it now, has really helped a lot of people. And yes, I you better believe it. I yeah. am so, I am so, I don't want to have ALS. Don't make, don't get me wrong. I'd rather have not gotten it. But the fact that I have and have been able to do this since then has been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. And I, I say that unequivocally. It, but wow. it's I, I, how do you make sense of that? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I don't know what to say. I just, I yeah. And no. you're the same. You've gotten <laughs> act. You're active because you saw that there was uh, abuse out there. There was trauma. There was hurt that this toxic religion we came out of had inflicted on people. And that's why you. What is your organization? Tell us Dare a little bit doubt. more about your thing. So I, I uh, kind of more officially and publicly came out of the atheist closet um, in early 2019 when I launched a resource site called daretodoubt.org. And I built it um, because I, just like you said, I knew there was a lot of other hurting people out there who could really use some help finding help. Um, it's one thing to know that you need help, but like, where do you go? You know, how do you, how do you find right. it? How do you vet a therapist to know that they're not just going to push more spirituality on you if say exactly. you're in a place where you're just really allergic to spirituality. Uh, so it's um, yeah, I built dare to doubt.org. 
I started blogging more about it. And then I came out, um, I published my own book, my own memoir on my upbringing in and departure from evangelical Christianity uh, just a little over a year ago. In fact, Dave, I think you and I have now been connected for almost exactly a year because I remember I first uh, did a FaceTime with you right. um, just a couple weeks after my book's release. And yeah. And folks, so- it is an amazing book. Uh, incredibly well-written. Oh. And it's called Wayward, and it's uh, from Purity Cult. What? What? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, so Wayward, a memoir of spiritual warfare and sexual purity, because right. those were the two, the two uh, facets of my Christian upbringing that I felt affected me the most, that I needed the most um, healing from. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an, it's really a beautiful book, well written. Alice's story is amazing. Um, I think when we first talked that first time, Alice, I, after reading your book, I think we, I told you how, how well I could relate with your parents and how much yeah. I saw in them myself and saw that they were just doing the best they could as well. And, yeah. and, and, it, and I, I could, I had a lot of compassion for them and you told me how much that meant to you. It did, and it still yeah. does, because it's I, so easy to to vilify or yeah. um, misunderstand. And I'm sure that there's still parts in my own heart where I still vilify and misunderstand my own parents. I will never be able to fully understand them, right? Um, I'm, and especially because I'm not yet a parent. So uh, I, but to the best of my my human ability, like I do see that they were doing the best that they could. And what I will yeah. always respect about them is they were true to themselves. Right, and that's exactly. what, that's the biggest thing that I think that um, I try to emphasize in the work that I do is to just be true to yourself. And if that mm-hmm. sometimes people's truth takes them in a more spiritual direction as it did my parents. And sometimes it takes them away from spirituality altogether. And I think that the important thing for me is that you're able to be at peace inside yourself. And I was never at peace within myself when I was a believer. Right. Um, and I, yeah, it's, it's incomparable the level of peace that I have now outside of faith more than I ever hoped to attain within faith. Yes. And I got to meet your mom the same time I met you for the first time at the (laughs) recovering from religion fall excursion last year, you were speaking there. I was speaking there. Um, You did, you did an amazing talk on your research in the spiritual um, experiences that people have slain in the spirit and things like that. And um, thank you, Cowboy 1000 for your donation. You, you, uh, you guys, I'm not keeping up with the super stickers. I'm sorry, but thank you so much, everyone who does that. Um, and your mom, what I was impressed, your mom came with you and she did. Cause she having, was a sport like that. Yeah. That was impressive to me. And I told her that because we, you know, reading your book, it, they don't, they don't come out looking too good in, in that they drug you through all this stuff, you know, and, and it could, I know it was hurtful to them to read that. You told me that, but your mom, for her to come and listen to you talk about this stuff and support you in that took a lot of courage, I thought, and open-mindedness, if you will, in a sense that, um, that she's willing to, uh, a lot of people and my own experience as well, a lot of, a lot of family members just shut it down and move the other way when we come when we, when we leave religion and, and Christianity and, and they're, they don't want they don't know how to deal with it, but your parents are dealing with it in what I think is a, is a healthy way. 
They're, they're yeah. asking some questions. They're willing to open their minds and look at some things. And I'm, I'm impressed with that. I, yeah. So no, me too. My parents are, are, um, I wish they weren't rare, but I'm learning more and more. The more I've been out in this space, the more I'm learning. It is very rare to have parents that choose actual human love over, um, spiritual belief. And my right. parents have always put their children first. It doesn't mean it hasn't been rocky, but they, they do put us first. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm extremely grateful. And I see that um, looks like we have, we've got someone else ready. Got so some, yes, <laughs> let's go hey, to, back to the street now with Bevan and Joe and Naomi. <laughs> yep, this is Joe and Naomi. And um, Naomi was reading some, what do you got there in your hand? Okay, Aww. and so we've got a couple here, Joe and Naomi Flynn from Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And I want you guys to tell our viewers how we connected and why you're here this week. I find this is a great story, y'all. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure if I should start or Joe. But you start and let was... Joe finish. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Dave um, was my pastor when I was from, uh, let's see, from age three to second grade wow. and um <laughs> now i haven't seen dave since i left second grade until about a year ago but my husband joe here he's really big into um the podcast that dave is involved in and he was just i don't really listen to the podcast much but um joe was telling me about a podcast he was listening to and he thought i would be interested in the topic he said you should really listen to it this guy, his name is Dave Warnock, and he and so anyway, the the name sounded familiar, and I thought, oh wait, I, I know the pastor of my church when I was young. His name is oh Dave Warnock. God. It's pretty, it's not a very common name. No, so it's fucking nuts. I, yeah, it I, I Facebooked and like kind of stalked him a little bit. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's him. He looks familiar to me, <laughs> you know. So anyway, I messaged him on Facebook. Yeah, that's me. You know, he remembered my parents, of course. And um, so Joe and I, we have some overnight rentals in mid-America area. And I just said, if y'all are ever passing through, stop by and let's meet up. And that's what happened. So yeah. here we are. Wow. What, what show was yeah. it? Joe, do you remember what show it was you were watching, Joe, that you saw me on? Oh, I, I think it was on the Atheist Experience. And uh, the funny thing is, Naomi um, doesn't like the, the animosity that comes along with like the call-in shows. Right. And uh, one thing about your style, Dave, that, and we've talked about this, but one thing that I like is that you're not only ar articulate, but you, uh, you have a calming effect on a lot of people. And, and there's not really the animosity that comes with some of the other shows. So when I, I've tried to get Naomi to listen to the atheist experience, and she's like, <laughs> no, I just don't like it. But I was like, no, you got to listen to it, though. They've got a guest host on. You've got to listen to him. His name's Dave Warnock. You know, and she was like, well. Wait a second, that name sounds familiar. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that amazing? Work. I just, and when and when Naomi messaged me and Joe uh, was in getting involved, was trying to get involved with recovering from religion to be uh, a counselor, but turns out where they live, the, the internet is, is not reliable enough. Oh. So they had to kind of punt that idea, but he was really wanting to get involved in helping people. And I really love that about them. But when Naomi messaged me, um, 
I said, yes, I remember your family. I do. You guys were great. I remember your parents shuffling these four or five kids around at church. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and to find you on the other side of this thing and just to see how solid and um, awesome you guys are. Bevan and I, uh, on a road trip last summer, stopped or sometimes stopped in and stayed. Well, actually, we were going to stay one night at your airbnb um but we ended up staying too because we had an extra a free night and you guys were very gracious and we we had dinner and and just got connected and we've stayed connected and then when we when we uh scheduled this beach week joe and then we said yeah we're there we're coming come on we want to be here so and they'll be here you'll meet them alice so they'll be oh, here yay. Oh, yeah. yeah awesome so yeah so i just you know i've i've actually I've I've heard from several people from my past who've run on to me, who've seen me on a show or heard me on a show, and um, either they've deconstructed themselves or they are. Some of them have reached out to me who are still Christians and kind of given me some pushback. Um, but you know, when you put yourself out there like I've been doing, you don't know who's watching. You don't know what's going to happen. So here's Joe and Naomi. Yeah. 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 Well, it's been glad fun. to be here. Yeah. And um, Naomi, still what? as handsome as ever. Too. Oh, stop. Oh. Stop. Oh, shock. Stop. <laughs> um, so, Naomi, what was your dad's reaction when he learned that you'd reconnected with me? Tell me what you think he's thinking at this point. Oh, I mean, I well, I mean, first off, he's always respected you a lot. And even in our recent conversations, I can still tell that, you know, um, he just respected you then, and I think he still does now. Um, but he was curious about what's going on and, you know, who you are. Obviously, we haven't spent a lot of time with you in person. Right. Um, but a little, you know, there's a lot of, um, let's see, quality in the quantity, I'd say. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. You know? That's a so, good way to put it. Yeah, yeah you're kind of trying to catch and he up was, really fast. He was curious about what this this gathering at the beach was all about, you know, what do you, what's the agenda there? He said, or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. We're just, we're I, just sacrificing babies, you know, and hailing Satan. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was and he's curious. kind of a, he's kind of a question asker himself. I, I think as, so. Based yeah. on what you've told me. So I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. hoping that you'll, that you'll, uh, persuade him to read my book i think he i think his curiosity will get him to do it i um, think if anything he would read it just because it's your book yeah. and you know whatever relationship you all established back then he you know was very impactful and obviously well, he knows you're a um there's a lot of substance there well it may make him think i don't know you know oh yeah i think it will anyway um Thanks for being on, guys. Uh, Joe, by the way, is the king of bad jokes. Uh, I just want to warn you <laughs> if you meet Joe. So, That's for instance, oh, he, he's terrible, Naomi. Well, I don't know how you put up with him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how she does it either. But he's we were pretty. out last. We were, yeah, he's pretty to look at, too. So, yeah, there's that. Um, we were out last night, Allison, and uh, Joe and Naomi got that. We all went to a restaurant, and there were like 20 of us at this place, and Joe comes up behind me and I said, Hey, you know, can I get you a drink? And he says, uh, I don't drink anymore. And I, I'd seen him just the day before and he was having a drink. I'm thinking, 
what? What? And he said, I don't drink anymore. And he paused a minute. Then he said, I don't drink any less either. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the kind of bad jokes <laughs> this bad guy's joke. known for. <laughs> Someone's got to make them. <laughs> no, Alice, they don't. <laughs> oh. oh, but anyway, I love these guys. It's been great getting to spend more time with you and, and get to know great. you better. And I just, I, again, I'm always impressed with the quality people that, I get to connect with and these two are, are two of those so yeah you guys seem like gems i'm excited to meet you yeah they are they're, they're uh, awesome looking forward to it <laughs> yeah well thanks for coming on guys thanks for being here uh-huh. thank yes, you yes sir thanks for all righty I, I think isn't that a cool story alice yes that is so <laughs> trippy my gosh they are so fun and uh just uh yeah just another um example of of the folks that we've got coming uh god this 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 show has gone so fast. I can't believe it. Um, Alice, you are, I want to tell folks where you're going to be doing. You got some stuff coming up that maybe folks can see you. You're speaking to several places. What do you got going? Yes. So uh, I'm going to be speaking at Free Flow uh, next, in a couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. It takes place over the first weekend in March in Orlando, Florida. So the fourth through the sixth. And it's, um, it's basically a, a fun little atheist convention uh, put yeah. on by the fine free thinkers of Florida. And uh, I'm going to be giving a presentation there. So there's that coming up. There's um, if you follow me on Instagram, the link in my bio has a link where anyone can buy tickets. If you're in the Florida area, or you just feel like coming to say hi to me and a ton of other amazing speakers, um, authors, podcast hosts, Seth Andrews is the one who, who hooked it up for me to be there. So shout yeah. out to Seth. He'll be there. Um, and uh, yeah, if you just go to uh, my name at Alice Gretchen on Instagram, if you click the link in my bio, you can you can get tickets there. Um, I'll also be doing a couple other things later on this year, but they're not ready to be announced just yet. So okay. um, if anyone follows then. me on on social media, then uh, then yeah, I'll I'll announce them there when when it's time. Yeah, follow Alice. She is um, she's just amazing. She's got so many good things to say. She's such a beautiful person inside and out and people around are, are starting to recognize that. And I just love that. I mean, there's some things coming up that apparently I can't say anything <laughs> about yet, but I'm super proud of you and oh, what you're doing you. and how people are learning about you. Um, it's just, uh, I just love it. And I think the sky's the limit for you. Um, you get, get her book. Uh, you're writing another one now, right? You're working on another book. I'm, I'm working on it. So um, the presentation that I'll be giving in Florida is the same one that you saw, Dave, that, that I gave right. at Recovering from Religion about the neuroscience of mystical experiences, such as being spirit slain or having a kundalini awakening um, to parallel it to a more Eastern mystical experience. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I so many people have asked to read more material about it. So many people have asked to see like, oh, you should put it up on YouTube. I believe I'm going to, but I'm also going to write um, a much smaller book than my memoir, but a, mm -hmm. a, a, just a little ebook, I'm thinking, um, where anyone can just get it and be able to look at the research for themselves. And right. um yeah, I, I have been working on it off and on. So I'm excited to, to be able to work on it a lot more moving forward this year. And I'm hopeful and, that it could be out next year or the year after. Well, you know, these book things take time. Oh, <laughs> they do. They do. It's frustrating <laughs> as hell. It, it really is, is so frustrating. You want to be able It's it's one thing to the work that it takes to write a book is, uh, is, is, is one thing. It's, it's a lot. It's, it really is. Then you um, got to publish it. 
I'm drinking water, Zap, uh, by the way. Uh, yeah, then getting it published and printed and actually in people's hands is a whole nother nightmare. Whether you yeah. self-publish like I did or publish with a publisher like Alice did, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. But it's yeah. worth it. You know, it's worth it. it. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, it'll always be there. It's, it's, uh, and you, you've got a great story. I, I just, you're also, you've been doing this um, kind of a blog thing that you do on Instagram that I find just fascinating. <laughs> Alice in Hollywoodland. Because what <laughs> people may not realize is that you went to Hollywood at age 17 uh, yeah. to, to become a model and an actor. And so you've been living in Hollywood all these years. Uh, and, and you went as such, I mean, you basically went from purity culture, naive innocence to Hollywood. It and was an arc. <laughs> the way that you write about that in the present tense is fascinating. And I think I've been telling you, you've got to make that a book because I oh. think that is a fascinating story. Just the way that you process what you're experiencing in Hollywood from that purity culture naivete is is quite a, a jarring kind of to watch that. It's just like, wait, what? And mm -hmm. it, it's really a, a unique, a unique kind of experience. Oh, thank you. That's encouraging because I, I there's there's this one story, um, and anyone can find these stories if you just search the hashtag Alice in Hollywoodland. Um, also, the link in my bio will take you to my my Substack where I have longer extended versions of them. But one of the stories that I'm thinking about publishing, and you may have just given me the courage to publish it, <laughs> is um, yes. when I was trying to find a church to plug into out oh, here in yeah. LA. I and love that lingo. So plug in. You got to plug, plug in, in somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like sometimes, you know, in my book, I definitely write in my in my memoir, Wayward, I write about, uh, I touch on a little bit about what that arc was like for me coming to Hollywood. And I, I do talk, um, I share a few scenes of, you know, where it collided with my Christian upbringing quite a bit as, as it would. Um, but in these little short vignettes that I like to call memoirettes of Alice in Hollywood land, which is more Hollywood centered. My Christian upbringing can't help but come up in there sometimes because yeah, it just yeah. was such a part of who I am and and uh, my my experience as, as a as a child, teenager, and an adult. So yeah, for people who like the more juicy Hollywood stuff, like it's there, and and the Christianity stuff is there too. So this audience, if any of you guys are interested as to how a you know purity ring wearing little missionary bound teenager like myself from the Midwest <laughs> ended up. Uh, doing topless photo shoots, it gets, it, my, Alice in Hollywood land kind of explores more about what that. And, and the way that like. you try to, um, the, you try to navigate this sense that God, you know, what's God thinking about? Like if you're doing an audition or, or in a scene where you have to kiss uh, someone for a, a movie or a show and you, you're kind of going, okay, what's God going to, well, Jesus won't, I, I, well, it'd be okay because it's just a part I'm playing. I'm not really kissing them. So God's going to allow that. I mean, the, the mental gymnastics you have oh. to go through to make it okay with God. I mean, yeah. that that's the Christian culture in a nutshell. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's yeah. all mental gymnastics. And it was so yeah. exhausting. And I, I look at, you know, sometimes Christians will engage with me now um, and and challenge me on my atheism. And uh, if, if I feel like they're receptive to it, sometimes I challenge them back. And at the end of the day, really, all I really want to ask and I haven't yet because part of me is scared it might be too rude. But what I really want to ask is, doesn't it get tired? Doesn't it just get so tiring? I know it does because I was there trying to justify this God 
and why he has all these arbitrary things that you just have faith. And I fell back on the, you know, the go-to answers too. Like, well, that's why they call it faith, you know, in mysterious ways, yeah. all of that. But doesn't inner inside it just is it was so exhausting to be a christian so is exhausting it? It not is. to mention emotionally expensive as well like and physically expensive you know it cost i was sold out for christ <laughs> literally yeah. you know yeah. it cost me everything and and um yeah I'm, i've I'm, never i've never stopped to th to to add up to do the math and i'm, I'm never going to because it would probably make me physically ill to do the math on how much i gave I, I was a faithful tither and our, our culture taught tithes and offerings. So the tithe 10% was the bare minimum. And then they had mission gifts and building funds and the money that I gave over the years, over 35 years, I, I can't, I, I won't, I won't look at it because it yeah. would just, it's too much. It's, it's staggering, yeah, and, but that's yeah. what you have to do. You have to do that. That's, that's, that's how it works. It's that's a high demand yeah. religion, but you know, what would be a lot more fun to show right now and take stock of now is your book. Um, yeah. I saw in the chat that, uh, yes, we could show a pan of the house of your, all the friends there at your beach week saying goodbye and also get to see your book, which every single one of you watching right now should buy because it really is an impactful story. And if you can relate at all to anything, Dave or myself or Genevieve or any of the wonderful guests uh that you've gotten to see if you can relate at all even a little bit or you're just curious like read dave's book it really is thank you an eye-opener and it's incredibly moving and beautifully beautifully written well i appreciate that and um yeah i i think uh, i i would love it if any of you get that um i i don't were they going to pan one last time i don't know if ethan you're going to do that real quick before we sign off and then i'll make an <laughs> announcement as well there's hey. my girl bevan and I just wanted to say, this is what the book looks like. And there it is. the paperback, there is a hardback. It does exist, but for some reason, Amazon doesn't seem to get it listed. And it's been bouncing around all sorts of crazy prices, and those aren't the right prices. But anyway, yeah, if if you go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you go to Amazon, it's it lists the hardcover, but it's for like sixty eight bucks or something. And it's some third third party seller in Europe. Don't buy that book. You, I don't think you can. The actual hardcover will be $29.95 and it will be available soon. So um, thank you, Cowboy. We already got a copy. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's so, the book. And uh, the pan book. around one last time okay. before we say bye. I'm just there's my people. There. I think a lot of them are hiding. I think a lot of them are hiding so Bevan won't get them on camera. <laughs> they did. We had a lot of shy people. We had a lot of people hiding upstairs. But, but the. Uh, oh, well, I understand. Uh, before we go, I do want to announce that I've been invited to speak at the American Atheist Conference in, in yeah. Atlanta on Easter weekend. So if you can oh, get I love to, it. yeah, if you can get to that, if you're in the area, I've, I know a lot of people who are coming. Um, I'm real excited about that. You'll get to, to, to meet, see me and, and uh, may, way bigger people. I mean, Matt Dillahunty be there. I think Seth's probably there. I don't know, but it'll be a great, a great weekend. Um, and with a lot of good people. So if you're in the area or you want to travel and go see that, then come see us in Atlanta and uh, the atheist, uh, the American atheist conference. I'm really honored to be asked to speak there. That's kind of, I, I just like, I'm just really kind of overwhelmed and honor, honored to, to do that. So if you can get to, if you can get to Orlando for free flow, go see Alice. If you can get to Atlanta, come see me uh, anyway. And also, if you're in California, we're going to be traveling out to California the 
uh, second and third week of, of, uh, of um, what is this month? Uh, It'll February. be March. March. And I'll be in uh, Los Angeles area uh, like the 11th. What did I say, Alice? The 11th through the 17th. Yes. I'll see you out there. And yes, then I'll be in the, in the Bay Area, San Francisco, the week after that. So there's some meetings that I'm going to be speaking at. Uh, and if you check our calendar on the DaveOutloud.com website, all the details will be put up there. If you're in that area, I'd love to meet you. Come um, speaking at a Sunday assembly in Los Angeles on March 13th. And that's a good group. I've spoken there before a couple of years ago, but would love to meet you if you're in the area. Um, if not, we just, again, appreciate you guys watching. We, uh, I just love doing this show. I love connecting with beautiful people that have great stories and I never get tired of hearing them. I just, it's just, I, I, it never gets old. Does it Alice? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for Alice. Thank you for for jumping into to uh, substitute for Genevieve and you get to meet Genevieve in a couple of days. Too. <laughs> oh, this is so much fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. For thank you me. for, we'll have you on again. Uh, y'all, yes. if you're, if you're a regular watcher of the show, you guys have seen Alice. We had her on several months ago as a guest and we had a great conversation with her and she's just a wonderful human. Alice, I love you. I'll love see you too. soon. Thank okay. you viewers for watching this week. And that's our show for tonight. Thank you.